0: Paracel, which acquired Sanofi's cell therapy and regenerative medicine unit, markets advanced cell therapy products for sports medicine and severe burn care. The company's Macy is an autologous cellularized scaffold used in the repair of cartilage defects of the knee. Epicel, its cultured epidermal autographs, are a permanent skin replacement for the treatment of patients with deep dermal or Full thickness burns greater than or equal to 30% of total body surface area. We spoke to Nick Colangelo, president and CEO of Varicell, about the markets the company is targeting, how its regenerative medicine products are changing outcomes for patients, and the company's plans for growth. Nick, thanks for joining us.
1: Well, great to be here, Danny. Thank you.
0: We're going to talk about Vericel, its advanced cell therapies for sports medicine and severe burn care, and the technical challenge of its therapeutic approaches. Perhaps by way of background, we can start with a little history. You joined the company about 10 years ago and were part of a remake of what had been Astrum Biosciences, a stem cell company. Why did you join and
1: What was the potential you saw? Well, Danny, I joined Vericel, which, as you noted, was known as Astrum Biosciences at the time in March of 2013. And at that time, the cell and gene therapy field, which was relatively nascent, was considered kind of the next frontier of innovation in the industry. And the prospect of joining a company that was on the leading edge of these emerging technologies was really appealing to me. And at that time, Astrum was conducting pivotal clinical trials for the treatment of severe chronic cardiovascular diseases using patient-specific multicellular therapies, and the clinical opportunity was was really attractive.
0: The company moved to Cambridge from Michigan and acquired what was Genzyme's stem cell therapy and regenerative medicine business from Sanofi. What did that acquisition provide the company, and did it form the basis for what Vericel is doing today?
1: Yeah, so in the spring of 2014, we acquired Sanofi's cell therapy and regenerative medicine business, which included CARTICEL, which was a first-generation cell ther- therapy product for the treatment of cartilage defects in the knee, Epicel, which is a permanent skin replacement for severe burn patients, and Macy, which is a next-generation uh, cell therapy product that was in development at the time and subsequently approved in the U.S. in December 2016 for the repair of cartilage defects of the knee. And there really was a compelling strategic rationale for the acquisition in that it allowed us to diversify the company's portfolio and to accelerate our transformation from a clinical development company into a commercial stage company. We also then changed our corporate name to Veracell Corporation, which better reflects the nature of our business. Uh, as a commercial company with a robust portfolio of marketed and late stage cell therapy products and moved our corporate headquarters, as you mentioned, to Cambridge, Massachusetts, where the commercial manufacturing facility is located. That also allowed us to be in one of the most vibrant centers for biotechnology and regenerative medicine in the world with access to world-class talent and technology. So it was quite a transformative time for the company. And yes, it did form the basis for kind of what we are today, which is a leader in advanced therapies for the sports medicine and severe burn care markets. We have a portfolio of highly innovative advanced cell therapies and specialty biologics that, that are really focused on changing the standard of care for patients with knee cartilage injuries and severe burns. And our portfolio is really unique in that our products have significant barriers to entry, which has allowed the company to generate strong revenue and profit growth. And we believe provides a great foundation to deliver sustained high revenue and profitability growth in the years ahead.
0: There are the two primary markets that you're targeting that you mentioned, the burn market and the market for sports medicine. Why don't we take each of those separately? With regards to the market for burn care, what's the need and opportunity you're seeing there?
1: Yeah, so we currently market two commercial products for patients with severe burns. Epicel, which is the only FDA-approved permanent skin replacement for patients with large, full-thickness burns. And Nexabrid, which was just approved in December of last year, which is an orphan biologic indicated for removing eschar or the burned tissue in adult patients with severe burn. So when you think about the treatment of hospitalized burn patients, which are the patients we're focused on, the treatment pathway for these patients generally is determined by the size and depth of the burn injury. Generally, um, patients are often transferred to specialized burn centers when they have a full thickness burn of any size. So that's when a burn goes all the way through the skin down to the muscle matter bone or a partial thickness that's greater than 10% of total body surface area. So there are some dermal components left to the skin, but it's a a pretty deep burn. And even a 10% burn is a very large burn, about 1% 1% TBSA is, is about the size of the palm of your hand. So you can imagine when we get into these very high body surface area burns, these are critically ill patients. And so, um, you know, typically for these patients, what you need to do is first remove that damaged tissue or eschar that I mentioned, and then graft the burn area to be able to close the wound. So we think with Nexabrid, which is indicated for removing the burn tissue, and Epicel being the only permanent skin replacement for these deep, partial, and full thickness burns, we believe that we have the premier portfolio in the burn care market. In terms of the opportunity, there's a very large market uh, for our burn care franchise. So for Nexabrid, of the approximately 40,000 burn patients that are hospitalized in the U.S. each year, the majority, or more than 30,000 of those patients, are going to require some level of scar removal. And that represents about a $300 million market opportunity for us. For EPICEL, the addressable patient population is much smaller because those very large burns are, are relatively less frequent. So that market consists of you know slightly less than 1,000 patients that have greater than 40% body surface area burns, which is where EPICEL typically is used. But that also represents a $300 million addressable market for us. So the addition of Nexabrid, the approval significantly expands the addressable market for our overall burn care portfolio to over $600 million. So it's a really large opportunity for the company. And there's a lot of synergy between these products. They're both used at the approximately 140 specialized burn centers in the U.S., Uh, and because there's broader use with Nexabrid, we'll be targeting a significantly larger segment of these hospitalized burn patients than with Epicel alone.
0: Uh, let, let's start with wound debridement. How is this typically done, and, and how does Nexabrid compare to the alternatives?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with Nexabrid, which is it's an orphan biologic product in the US that contains proteolytic enzymes that are able to recognize proteins. That are denatured by thermal burns and removes that damaged tissue while preserving the healthy tissue. So it's really an amazing concept, and and it's really important to remove that eschar early and be able to assess the burn. Um, So by removing that damaged tissue, you reduce inflammation. You can stop the burn from progressing even more, and then you reduce infections and sepsis and so on, and then be able to to timely assess, and then earlier treat the burn, supports improved healing, reduces the need for surgery or skin grafting, and, and obviously improves overall morbidity and mortality. So that's how Nexabrid works and what the benefits are. The current standard of care for eschar removal is basically surgical excision. So basically they take a knife and they slice away the dead tissue. Um, Obviously, this is very traumatic for the patient. Burns are sort of three-dimensional variable depth um, injuries, and if you take a two-dimensional knife and you start slicing them away. You really do incur a lot of healthy tissue loss, uh, pain, and blood loss as well. There are some non-surgical approaches. They're not you know, particularly effective and don't reduce the need for that surgical eschar removal, So clearly, there's an unmet need for a selective and effective eschar removal agent that preserves the viable tissue. And we believe that Nexabrid meets that need and can change the standard of care for these hospitalized severe burn patients. Another advantage of Nexabrid is that it can be administered topically at the patient's bedside, and it's done in a relatively few straightforward steps. So it's a gel that's applied to the top you know topically to the wound it's left in place for 4 hours after which the dissolved eschar is simply removed by wiping it away with for instance a, a tongue depressor or other sterile blunt edged instrument so compared to moving removing the eschar surgically obviously the advantages of removing the damaged tissue with a product that is topically administered at the bedside and preserves the healthy tissue are quite obvious
0: What's known about its safety and efficacy from its use to date?
1: Yeah, so Nexabrid's approved in over 40 countries around the world. And the FDA approval of Nexabrid is based on multiple preclinical and clinical studies, including a pivotal phase three detect clinical study. So that study in the U.S. met its primary endpoint by demonstrating a significantly higher incidence of complete eschar removal And it also met all its secondary endpoints, including shorter time to scar removal and a lower incidence of subsequent surgical scar removal compared to the standard of care. And there were also key safety endpoints that were met, such as wound closure uh, and so on. So very strong and robust clinical results supporting Nexabrid's approval in the U.S.,
0: you also mentioned Epicel, which is a, a skin graft grown from a patient's own cells to treat deep dermal wounds. How is this product used?
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, it's a permanent skin replacement for full thickness burns that are greater than 30% of total body surface area. So, again, these are very, very large burn wounds. And Epicel is the only FDA approved permanent skin replacement for these patients. And it's very important. The standard of care for these patients is typically autografting. So they'll take a, a graft of the patient's healthy skin. They'll typically run it through a mesher so they can cover more of the wound. That's why you often see sort of a chicken wire appearance for these severe uh, burn patients. But in these large burns that are u- where epicel typically is used, you know, it's a very important life, potentially life-saving option, because these patients generally have very little healthy skin available for autographs.
0: And what's the process for preparing a skin for for a transplant?
1: Yeah, so as you mentioned, Episcale grafts are made from a patient's own cells, and they're manufactured at our facility here in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So. The grafts are produced by taking two posted stamp size biopsies of a patient's healthy skin. Those biopsies are sent to our facility here where the keratinocytes, which are the predominant cell in the outer layer of the skin, are isolated and expanded. And then those cells are cultured over the course of two to three weeks. And the grafts consist of sheets of these keratinocyte cells that range from two to eight cells thick. Um, we attach a petroleum gauze as backing, attach it with titanium clips. um, And these grafts are about the size of a playing card. They're placed in carriers. They're basically hand delivered to burn centers around the country. Um, And at the site, after the wound uh, bed is prepared, the grafts are removed. They're placed on the wound bed with the cell sheet facing down. Seven to 10 days later, the petroleum backing is removed and it exposes the patient's new skin. So it's an unbelievable process to, to think about taking a couple postage stamp size biopsies of skin and within a few weeks being able to cover, you know, a, a substantial portion or even all of the patient's uh, body. So, so very proud of um, kind of what we're able to do to treat these patients in need.
0: Is the time to produce these grafts consistent or does it depend on how much skin you're replacing?
1: No, well, you know, we typically um once we sort of isolate the keratinocytes and expand them, we cryopreserve them. And then when the patient's ready for surgery, I mean, these are patients who can be in the hospital for months and up to a year. And so it's really their treatment timing is really more dictated by when they're healthy enough to to kind of move on to this portion. Of their treatment. So, you know, we can create whatever number of grafts they need. Often these patients are treated with multiple treatments. Um, So it really depends on sort of the overall health of of these critically ill patients. How has
0: this changed outcomes for patients?
1: Well, you you know, there was data published a couple years ago uh, by the American Burn Association based on data that's in their national burn repository. And you know, the, the mortality rate for these patients is very high. So when you have a burn that's greater than 40% of body, body surface area, the mortality rate is about 30%. And when you get up to 80% body surface area burns, which you know we routinely treat, the mortality rate's closer to 80%. So again, very critically ill patients, very high mortality rates. And the data that was published demonstrated that basically at every decile of these burns, which is how these patients are managed, there was a profound increase in the survival rate for patients that were treated with epicel compared to the standard of care.
0: Varicell is also targeting the sports medicine market with a cartilage repair product. What's the need and opportunity there?
1: Yeah, so Macy is our lead product, and it's indicated for the treatment of focal cartilage defects in the knee, which is essentially like a pothole on the surface of the knee. And these cartilage injuries are found in about 60% of all knee arthroscopies that are done. And they're typically caused by acute and repetitive trauma or other degenerative conditions. And these injuries represent a a serious unmet need because unlike virtually every other tissue in your body, cartilage has very limited capacity for intrinsic healing because there's no blood vessels going into the cartilage to bring repair cells. There's no Lymphatics to clear away cellular debris, and there's no nerves. So, if you leave these injuries untreated, obviously it leads to joint pain, dysfunction, and then osteoarthritis, and ultimately partial or full knee replacements. And that's what we're trying to uh, prevent. And a recent study that was published with respect to patients undergoing Macy treatment showed that these cartilage defects expand and you form new high-grade defects as time progresses. So, really important to treat these defects early. And what ends up happening if they're not treated, you know, patients essentially, and this was demonstrated in, for instance, a Harris poll that we did, they basically dial back their activities and they don't participate in many of the activities that, that they enjoy because of this knee, knee pain. So that's the need that's out there. In terms of the opportunity, there are more than three quarters of a million cartilage repair procedures that are performed in the United States each year. And we did a very large quantitative market assessment project a few years ago that said about half of these procedures fall within the Macy label. Um, we know surgeons sort of have different options in mind for patients depending on the, the profile of the patient, but about 60,000 of those three-quarters of a million procedures are basically for patients that are eligible for treatment with Macy. So at our current price point, it represents an addressable market exceeding $3 billion and certainly supports the strong revenue growth we've seen since we launched Macy.
0: Well, without Macy, what does a surgeon do? What do they use to repair a cartilage?
1: Yeah. So there's pretty limited um, effective treatments out there and they typically fall into three buckets. The first are palliative procedures. So these are procedures that can relieve pain, but they don't address the underlying cartilage injury. So things like chondroplasty where a surgeon will go in and they'll do an arthroscopic procedure and just clean up the defect, get rid of any floaters in the knee. And again, that can provide some Temporary pain relief, but doesn't address the underlying defect. There's another bucket of procedures that are reparative techniques. And you may have heard of, for instance, professional athletes who have a microfracture procedure, which is where a surgeon will drill into the bone. So these are defects that go all the way down to the bone. Surgeon will will drill into the bone, the theory being that the bone marrow, which bleeds into the defect, um, contains the precursor cells for chondrocytes called mesenchymal stem cells, and that they'll differentiate and produce cartilage. But the reality is that it really forms a fiber cartilage scab, essentially, that doesn't have the properties of the native tissue, so it's not as durable, and it doesn't really get used in in the larger defects anymore. And then finally, uh, in the restorative category, which again Macy's the only approved product um, in the class under a you know a BLA, there are cadaver-based approaches. So things like osteochondral allografts, which, as the name implies, you know, a surgeon can take a plug from a cadaver knee of cartilage and bone and basically insert that into the defect for the patient. But that again was not approved based on pivotal phase three study like Macy. It's a tissue regulated product um, by the FDA.
0: What does it take to prepare Macy and how does a surgeon actually use it?
1: Yeah. So um, the Macy implant consists of a patient's own cells um, uniformly seated on a resorbable collagen membrane. So the way it's produced is why, typically, while a surgeon is doing a chondroplasty, as I described earlier, cleaning up the joint, doing a diagnostic assessment, they'll take a small tic tac size biopsy of healthy cartilage from a non weight bearing portion uh, of a patient's knee. They send that biopsy to our facility here in Massachusetts, where, again, we process that biopsy. The chondrocytes, which are the cells that produce cartilage, they're isolated, they're expanded, and then they're uniformly seeded onto this collagen membrane at a density of half a million to a million cells per square centimeter. We ship it typically overnight to the surgical site where the surgeon will clean up that focal defect uh, simply cut the membrane to the size of the defect, glue it in place, um, and then once implanted, the cells migrate down the collagen membrane, they adhere to the subchondral bone, and they start uh, producing extracellular matrix that forms the cartilage that's naturally present in the knee.
0: Varicell is working to expand indications for its products, but What's the plan for growth? Are you seeking to expand your pipeline to include other products, and if so, would you do this through acquisitions?
1: Yeah. So obviously, we built the company on on acquisitions and other licensing transactions, uh, and we have a very strong record of revenue and profit growth since we launched Macy in 2017. We think that you know, again, I as I mentioned earlier, our portfolio provides an exceptionally strong foundation to deliver sustained high revenue and profit growth in the years ahead. So the foundation for doing so really begins with our strong financial profile. We've generated significant revenue growth, profitability, and cash flow over the past several years. And as we look forward, we're focused on maximizing the key growth drivers for Macy in its current indication. The product is still, as we'll Mentioned in a moment, growing very strongly uh, for its current indication, advancing our pipeline, which is really focused on Macy lifecycle management initiatives, and then expanding our burn care commercial franchise with our impending commercial launch of Nexabrid. So, in terms of our pipeline, we're focused on two lifecycle management opportunities for Macy. The first is a potential arthroscopic delivery of Macy which would basically be the next major procedural advancement in our strategy of continuing to make Macy an even simpler and less invasive procedure for surgeons and patients. We anticipate commercial launch of an arthroscopic Macy instrument set in 2020-24, which again we believe will be very attractive uh, to patients and surgeons as less invasive procedures always are. So this is a a kit that's designed to treat the most common defects uh, in the Macy addressable market, which represent about a third of our overall addressable market or 20,000 patients a year. And if it's approved, uh, the arthroscopic delivery of Macy would be the only restorative cartilage repair product on the market to treat those defects. So again, we think that would allow us to take a greater share of these procedures and provide a significant upside Growth opportunity for Macy and the company. We're also working on a Macy clinical development program for the treatment of cartilage defects in the ankle, uh, which is, you know, the second largest opportunity. Um, It's about a billion-dollar addressable market for us, and again, we think this would be a significant longer-term growth driver for the company. So you can see the vision for Macy, which is it's growing at a very high rate right now, and it's for its current indication, add arthroscopic Macy over the next year or so, and then later in the decade, add a Macy ankle indication, and we think there's a lot of growth ahead for us uh, for, for Macy. In addition to driving revenue and profit growth through our current portfolio and pipeline, we are also focused on strategic transactions that can maximize the long-term value of the company. And as I said, the company really was built on these kinds of transactions. Um, So we focus on innovative products that have a strong strategic fit with our current sports medicine or severe burn care franchises. Or because we're one of the leading cell therapy companies in the country, uh, opportunities that would leverage our advanced cell therapy development and manufacturing platform. So we're excited about the opportunities that are available to us. We have a pretty high hurdle uh, for the things we're going to be willing to bring on given the success of our current portfolio, but you know we're very well positioned to be able to do so.
0: These are products that are grown from a patient's own cells. How scalable is that as you expand indications?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we are currently, uh, we certainly have a, you know, capacity for significantly greater growth, but, you know, back sort of at the end of the, the teens, we looked out to 2030 and said, hey, you know what? We want to make sure we're well positioned to support our high growth. And we're actually uh, engaged right now in building a new manufacturing facility in the greater Boston area that will serve not only uh, as our manufacturing facility, but our U.S. headquarters as well. So no issues in terms of capacity and being able to scale uh, given given our current positioning.
0: I know the COVID pandemic caused disruptions in the ability to treat. Patients, how significant a problem was that?
1: Yeah, so you know, we continued throughout the pandemic. We manufacture 365 days a year, uh, given that we're you know culturing cells for a large number of patients at any date point in time. Uh, so we continued to manufacture throughout the pandemic, and and obviously we paid special attention to making sure we had you know, significant safety stock for all our key raw materials. So, we didn't see any disruption uh, from a manufacturing or shipping perspective in our ability to treat Macy and Epicel patients. You know, the pandemic had, um, you know, a particularly larger effect on elective procedures where, you know, at the outset, obviously, those were shut down in a number of states and so on. Uh, So, at that point, obviously, we saw an impact on uh, biopsies and implant procedures for Macy. However, throughout the pandemic, our annual revenues continue to grow each year, albeit at a lower rate than we otherwise have, would have grown. Um, and at this point, you know, with respect to Macy, as any lingering COVID headwinds have sort of abated, it resumed its high growth profile very quickly. So last quarter, we generated record first quarter total revenue and the highest first quarter revenue for Macy since launched with quarterly growth at 32% and a trailing nine-month growth rate of 28%. So really, you know, great to see it snap back to its high growth profile once those COVID headwinds abated.
0: And at this point, are you more focused on growth or profitability?
1: Well, you know, we're in a very fortunate position that, you know, we are unique uh, in the sense of having a high revenue growth profile, but also being profitable. So, you know, um, we just uh, issued our first quarter earnings results. Uh, total revenue for the first quarter was about forty-one million dollars, and we delivered very strong profitability and cash flow. As we had our eleventh straight quarter of positive adjusted earnings and operating cash flow, and we ended the, the quarter with about one hundred forty million in cash and no debt. So as we look ahead, um, you know, we expect that our current portfolio plus our new product launches will drive continued strong revenue and profit growth over the long term. So we expect to deliver compounded annual revenue growth in the twenty percent range over the next several years, um, with accelerating growth in twenty twenty three, led by Macy for the reasons I mentioned, and uh, growth in our burn care franchises driven primarily by the launch of Nexabrid. We also expect further acceleration of our revenue growth in 2024 with the planned launch of arthroscopic Macy and the first full year of revenue for Nexabrid. So revenue uh, is poised to continue its strong growth. Uh, We also expect to drive continued strong profit and operating cash flow growth over the next several years based on the significant operating leverage we have across our business. So our products are our high value, you know, premium priced products, we have relatively concentrated call points. And so we believe that this revenue growth will generate gross margins in the 70 plus percent range um, and generate adjusted EBITDA margins over 30%. you can look to our fourth quarter results from last year, which is our seasonally, fourth quarter is our seasonally highest uh, quarter. And, you know, we're well on our way to achieving these profitability levels. So revenues were about $53 million in the fourth quarter. We had gross margin of 20, 73%, adjusted EBITDA margin of nearly 30% and double-digit operating margin on a gap basis. So we're really excited about the outlook for our business over the next several years.
0: Nick Colangelo, president and CEO of Vericel. Nick, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Great. Well, thanks so much, Danny. Appreciate it.